Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key. And friendships are made to last a lifetime. You think we got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. All right, Skylar, what do we got here? We got a nice looking rip Yeah. Oh, there she is. Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Women of the Wild. I am your host, Linda White, and with me, I have my co-host, Felicia Marie and Cassie Tall. Hi, ladies. Hi, thank you. Hello. Hi. So um, this is our first podcast, and we kind of really wanted to introduce what Women of the Wild is. So I'm going to let um, Felicia kind of take over on exactly what we are, how this got started, and and what the vision for it was. So Felicia, if you don't mind listening or telling our viewers a little bit about what Women of the Wild is and how this all came about. Yeah, absolutely. So Women of the Wild is a company that we started up, uh, that I had started up uh, in June of 2021. And it was just a mission of getting more women together in the outdoors and bringing a sisterhood together providing education and opportunities that women don't typically have in the outdoors and just building a sisterhood together. Um, so in 2021, it really became a kind of more known social media is it can be such a great thing because it opened up so many doors for me to realize that there were girls out there that wanted to experience the outdoors or, you know, wanted to, but never had the opportunity so um, in starting Women of the Wild, it just started with, you know, me privately booking trips with other girls. And then it just kind of grew into this and manifested into this great company um, where we're able to provide back to these girls and provide experiences that they normally wouldn't get. Um, and our main focus is education. So providing experiences that these girls can come out and learn something new um, or maybe even learn it in a different way. Maybe they've already been doing it, but we can teach it in a different manner. Um, it's kind of a more controlled, comfortable environment uh, where these women can get together and feel low pressure. They can feel safe and we can go over anything, you know, that anything that their heart desires to know. If we don't have the answer, we'll find somebody to get it for them. So it just it's, it's one of these great things that I don't see a lot of other people doing. And as we grew, as it got bigger, um, I found Cassidy, who has been just a godsend to us. Um, absolutely fantastic with everything she does with us. She does a lot on the back end, but she also helps control, you know, getting our posts out there and, and reaching more people. And then, um, from there, we brought Linda White on with us. Linda White has been also an incredible extension to our, our group here. And ladies, I, I can't thank you enough for everything you do. Um, but for me, the passion and the goal is to provide those education and experiences to women that otherwise wouldn't have them. So Cassidy, for you, do you feel that that's about spot on with how you feel? Um, I would say yes. I think that one of my favorite parts about Women of the Wild was the fact that I didn't grow up having people that were into hunting. I grew up from a fishing background. I 
my great grandpa, my grandma, my dad, everyone, we all fished. Um, I had always wanted to get into hunting, but I don't know if this is true for all women, but I know personally, um, I'm more intimidated asking a guy for help and direction in it. Whereas when I had found you, you were able to teach me in a way that made me more comfortable. And I was able to get another women's woman's person. Can't even say the right word. <laughs> um, women's opinion on it that I think was easier for me to take as you're giving me assistance rather than you're talking down on me, um, which is how I had felt a lot trying to get involved into it beforehand. And I think um, something else that I really liked is just seeing that there are all of these other women that do share this interest in not just fishing, but also hunting and really just outdoors in general. Um, being a part of this has really helped me meet some new women that I definitely wouldn't have met on my own. So for that, I'm really grateful that I have been able to be such a big part of this and I'm excited to continue to be a part of it. Yeah, I have to say, I think that it's really great. Um, the background that the three of us have, you know, Felicia, you kind of gear more towards the hunting aspect of everything and have been just a great leader when it comes to those hunting trips and hunting events and everything else that we have, you know, going on with there. And then Cassie, you know, with, with your fishing experience, you know, I, I think that you kind of really are a great resource and, and kind of pave the way on the fishing end of things. And then, you know, I, I do a lot of trapping where, you know, hunting and fishing. Yes, I do those things, but they're kind of on the, on the background of, you know, trapping is really my goal. So I think that that's, that's the great dynamic that we have going on, that we have really great resources from each angle. It's not a focus on one thing. And, and that's actually what was such appealing to me. You know, whenever I reached out to Felicia, um, it was, it was funny because I actually was talking about this on a different podcast that I was doing. Um, they, they asked me, you know, how did you get started in this? And I said, you know, I reached out to Felicia. I kind of stalked her for a while on what she was doing with women in the wild. And, you know, I really wanted to make sure that this was a group that I wanted to be a part of, you know, um, when you, when you want to align yourself with, with people and organizations, you want to make sure that it's something that really holds your values. And I think for me, that was the big thing. You know, I kind of, I kind of really stalked her and, and what Women of the Wild was and, and Cassie and, and saw some of the educational trips and everything that was going on and, and where I am in the trapping community, you know, yes, I go to, to conventions and everything, but the educational side, getting women more involved, getting women out there on the trapping end, you know, the two of you are doing this in, in already in other events where it was hunting, fishing. I mean, we even have what some canning events um, and, and things like that coming up. And that was the appeal to me. Like, this is fantastic. I was like, I love the fact that it isn't about being in the spotlight. It isn't about money. It's about bringing education and fun to women in just a sisterhood atmosphere. So that was to me, just a huge part. And I think we have such a great dynamic with the board that we have, um, you know, and we're bringing on other ambassadors and everything like that. But I think like with the three of us, we just hit a really good rounded outdoor base. I mean, I don't know what your opinions are, but guys, but I mean, that's how I see it. No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I couldn't do this without the two of you. And uh, like you said, we were, we're bringing on new ambassadors and that's kind of what we're seeking too is low drama, a lot of drive, having that passion, which you two both definitely share that with me is the educational aspect and wanting to help people. Like that's what this is about is putting yourself aside to, to give the assistance to someone else that maybe doesn't have that opportunity or, or a role model, you know, in their outdoor, I don't want to call it 
their outdoor activities. And it's, it can be very, very intimidating. Like Cass said, it's, it, it can be hard for a woman to strive in the outdoor world and it can be intimidating to do it alone. And I would never encourage somebody to go do something before they research the who, what, when, why, how of something. Um, Cause that's when injuries can happen. So being able to be that crutch for these girls and really give them, you know, that, that first step forward to get out there. Um, kind of like our, a couple weeks ago, we had a, an educational goose hunt. These were women that had never, ever waterfowl hunted. Some of them had hunted before, but, um, you know, doing an education with them doing, you know, we were doing videos before we even got in the field of, you know, gun safety. We talked about chokes. We talked about, um, shot size to use in the field, what, what it was for goose versus duck. So we really gave them an education virtually, um, because our girls are from all over the United States. So it can be really hard to do something in person. So being able to provide virtual education that way, when they step in the field, they feel like they already know something, um, with our fishing trips, like when we do those trips, we, we don't just get the girls on fish. We teach them how to bait the hooks, why we're using, you know, a circle hook and why we're putting, you know, this on it or, or what baits used. We talk about the current, we talk about the weather. Um, so we really just, every event that we do is an educational base and it's not just showing up to hunt. It's getting an experience and learning how to go do it on your own. Um, so Cassidy and, and Linda, I have to praise both of you because I feel that you, the two of you have almost became like sisters to me because we, we just think on the same page. Your hearts are always in the right place and find in our society nowadays. So for me, you hit it spot on. A dynamic between the three of us has been incredible and I can't wait to see what it does for the time to come. Yeah, I fully agree. I agree as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know that just as we keep moving forward, that these different events, um, I think the education background has been the most helpful to me because when you go to these things, yes, when you go with a guide or when you go with a group, you're always going to learn something. However, I think that I have learned a lot more from Felicia explaining them, explaining why we do this, why we do that, why we should use this part of the animal, but you don't really use this part or how you can use the parts that uh, most people wouldn't think you could use. And I like that she gives me a reasoning for why we do the things that we are doing, for why you hunt this animal or why you don't hunt these animals and just getting a better understanding on not just getting to harvest your own meat and getting to like that adrenaline from catching that giant sturgeon like I did a couple weeks ago for one of our Women of the Wild events. But it was the understanding of how all of these animals play a part and how they're working and why we do the way that we go about catching them or hunting them or trapping them. And I agree on the fact that, yes, you can go out with someone and they're always going to show you like, hey, here's where all the fish are. Go ahead and catch them. They supply you with all these tools. Okay, but now when I'm doing it on my own, well, why did you use this tool? Or why didn't you use this bait? And getting that education while we're there on the trip, not just the, okay, use this. And that's, and you ask why, and they're just like, just use it because I said so. The explaining, okay, we use this color because when it's darker out, it reflects the light better and it catches the fish's eyes. Or we want to wear a hat when we're goose hunting because from above they can see the whites in your eyes it's things that you don't think of and getting the reasoning for why we do certain things out in the field or out at the water really helps so that you have that better understanding so you're not just doing things because someone's told you that's how you do it yeah no I fully agree with that and I have to say like I, I don't know about you ladies, but like in the trapping community, I've had people who have asked me, you know, why do we need 
why do we need a separate women versus men, I guess, event? And and for me, you know, you both kind of have have hit it spot on. You know, I don't know about you, but I learn better from my equal. You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's that judgment of, oh, stupid girl, you should have known that. And and not that I really think that that a lot of men are saying that, but you kind of sometimes get that feeling like I don't want to ask that question or I don't want to say these things because there might be that perception of, oh, well, why didn't you know that? Or what, you know, where I feel like when you're doing these women events that you're kind of all on the same page, you have that bonding experience where you, you feel comfortable of asking those questions, comfortable of making a mistake, comfortable of saying, Hey, I don't know. Yeah. uh, Honestly, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that women experience in the outdoors is like you said, it's, it's not that men are putting that portrayal out there, but I think as females, we always kind of have that in the back of our head is, is we, we think so deeply into everything. And like, there's always like something in the back of your head. That's like, Oh my gosh, should I ask this? Is it going to make me look stupid? Um, but at, at the end of the day, if you don't know the answer, then you need to ask it. And I agree that sometimes learning from your equal, it does, it's just, it's a different feeling. It's less, it's low pressure. Um, the safety aspect too. I mean, when you get men and women together, don't get me wrong. I love hunting with my guy friends, but there is just a different aspect with women together. The group's that we have taken out have been absolutely spectacular. Um, getting it, you know, I've had guides tell me that are like, man, I was really thinking with 10 women in the field, it would just be drama. And this was probably the best hunt I've ever had. Women just love the experience and we're pretty caring. Like we care about those animals. So a lot of times, you know, whether it's a fish, whether it's just looking at nature or whether you're hunting, you you appreciate it from a different aspect that I think a lot of men don't really see it through our eyes. Um, and I think that giving women that opportunity to see how other women experience things and also in the same breath, providing them, like Cass said, that that why we're doing this, not just telling you to do something, but but giving you a full explanation and then letting you make your own opinion and letting you find your own way. Um, that's one thing I iterate every time that we do an event is just because this is my way doesn't mean it's the only way. Like you have to find what fits for you where I know a lot of times when you're in, you know, out with a male dominant crowd, it's typically like more of this is, this is what we're doing. Not this is why we're doing it. Does this work for you? I think that women have that very nurturing um, personality, like that mindset that we just want to nurture someone to help them grow. Like to me, there's nothing, there's no greater reward than after doing one of these events. And one of these girls is sending me, you know, pictures of a fish that she never caught that I helped her learn how to catch, or a couple of girls getting out in the field now, like they're comfortable enough to go do it on their own or with their dads, their boyfriends, their brothers, or take their kids out. To me, that's, when you see these people flourish and grow, that to me is like the goal to all of this is providing those experiences to where people are comfortable enough to keep venturing out and getting deeper into this and driving a passion for someone. It's just a really rewarding feeling. Um, so when you, when you want to like spiral all down, um, women of the wild, our focus is making sure these women are, first of all, safe, educated, and can get out there and do whatever their heart desires. I like how you put that. It's about getting them out there and explaining to them, making sure they're educated. That way they can do all these, I wouldn't really say events, but all of these things, whether it's hunting, fishing, just going out and shooting anything, trapping, being educated on it so that you're not only being safe, but you're also doing it the legal and ethical way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's spot on the head. I mean, being within the guidelines, because every state is different. So that's also a really great point that you brought up is making sure that we're teaching the girls that they, they need to follow 
their regulations per their state or when they're doing non-resident, making sure that they know the difference there. Um, but yeah, the, the safety is always number one key in every event that we do. Um, but then it, it grows and once you're safe, that's when you can start going to the education and then that's when you start your skill building. Um, and then from there, it just flourishes in giving an experience that is kind of unlike anything else. I mean, I've never been on a trip or anything like that where it's it's explained and laid out in the way that we do things. Um, so I really encourage women that if they want to get in the outdoors, that they get a hold of one of us because the, the aspect that we bring to the table is we're not just going to take you out and put you on a hunt. We're going to take you out and teach you how to do it on your own and understand why and give you the resources for you to understand, you know, your regulations state to state or even, you know, it can be county to county. I mean, right now we're in waterfowl. So knowing, you know, putting those times and those dates in there because it could be based on units or zones and, and that can just be not knowing, which isn't an excuse. It's, it's, it's something where you have to know that that's a thing to understand it and really like, it's kind of like an onion. You got to peel it back to get to it. And it's, it's really important to make sure that you are explaining it in, in a very laid out manner, because sometimes I, I just, I just said this the other day that I don't want to call it ignorance because it's not being ignorant. It's just sometimes people just really don't know. So you need to put out that full explanation because it's something so simple that somebody in the outdoors for so long, it's second nature to them, but somebody who's never done it might not realize that there are 20 minutes past a zone line and that could be a different season for them, which could get them in trouble. So that's definitely something we like to talk about. Yeah, I fully agree with all of that. Um, and I think that it's important to, to highlight that we're very big on going from beginner skills to even those who, who have advanced. You know, um, something, that, something that I have, have taken even from like the trapping community and, and the hunting community really is that you can learn something from anyone. And that's the that's the big thing on this, you know, being able to learn something from anyone, being able to go out there and and maybe make some connections with other women who are in your area, other women who are are sitting next to you on these events and you know, find a find a hunting buddy, find a trapping buddy, find a fishing buddy. You know, it's not just us it's it's building that community and and being able to connect and network with other women as well and now a short word from our sponsors share your love of the outdoors with your little ones through the exciting adventures in dr josh farr's children's books as an avid sportsman dr josh farr has taken his passion for the outdoors and uses his vivid storytelling to teach valuable lessons and appreciation of the world learn the alphabet through the abcs of hunting find joy in exploring the outdoors with let's go out and play and more you and your child will love learning about nature with dr josh farr see all of his books now at drjoshfarr.com that's d-r-j-o-s shfarr.com Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north or in the deep south and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you're looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls with Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women 
for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek, Bates and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Services, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Services. So, Cass, you kind of got started um, with Women of the Wild by going out to these events. You know, um, you were already friends with Felicia before, correct? But going out on some of these events was really what got you wanting to be more part of the group, not just as a participant, but as being able to run events, share knowledge and everything else. It, that's correct, right? Yeah. So I actually met Felicia. Um, I was her dog watcher. <laughs> I used to pet sit for her. I still do. But um, I had been interested in hunting and we had got to talking one of the times when I was going to uh, dog sit for her. And she was just kind of explaining to me like what kinds of hunting she does and how she was going to go on this event and how she thought it'd be really fun if I would come. And um, so that's what we ended up doing. I came on one of the events and then that went from, I went on one event to, oh, look, there's another event that looks cool. <laughs> um, so I started going on to all these events and pretty soon I started becoming more involved in um, other parts of the company and helping her get in touch with some of these new guides that we started using or reaching out to other organizations and um, just kind of putting ourselves out there more and helping her when we were going to um, like Outdoorama and we were, we didn't have a booth or anything, but we were still walking around and talking. And um, I'm very good at getting conversations going. Whereas uh, Felicia, she can talk and give you all the information, but she's not good at uh, just walking up to random strangers like I am. So <laughs> that's kind of how, uh, we started working, we both have our own little parts and we just work well together. And these different events definitely brought me into wanting to be more a part of everything. Uh, just seeing how Felicia interacts with these women that have never been hunting or never been fishing or have been hunting and fishing, but haven't hunted or fished for whichever uh, species we're going for that event. And I really like education portions of things and teaching people um, to help them understand fully what they're doing. And so seeing that and seeing Felicia do that made me want to be a part of this group even more. And it's just grown from there for my love for this company and my, my love for Felicia. And it's just been all around great. I enjoy every moment of it. I think what you said there is actually really important about how um, it doesn't really, it's not just one person, you know, um, from the guides that we and network with, you know, from the different parts that we each have in the company, you know, um, it, it takes a lot to get these things going. And, you know, we have some upcoming events that are, that are going to be taking place. Um, and we'd also like to be able to hear from anybody who's listening of, of maybe something we don't have going on that you'd love to be a part of. You know, um, I think we've gotten to a pretty good point where we're networking with a lot of people, not just in Michigan, where we're based, you know, where the, the company is based, but in all over the world. I mean, heck, you just came back from Africa, right, Felicia? I did, yeah, South Africa. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're really all over the place. Um, and Felicia, do you want to talk about a little bit about maybe some of the upcoming events that we do have and 
And even some of the ones that we had in the past that we may, you know, regurgitate a little bit. Yeah, so um, I'll start with the past ones. We've done a salmon trip out on Lake Michigan. We've done bow fishing out in Maryland. Uh, we also, another really important thing that we do here with Women of the Wild is we supported, um, she goes by Kate Hunt, but she's um, the duck huntress. We supported by taking a female veteran out on a turkey hunt in Maryland and get, I mean, she was a veteran, one of the first females in infantry in the army and was active duty police officer, but we were able to assist and pay for all of her licensing through our funding um, to put her out on a bird. So giving back to our female veterans um, is also something that we're very proud to be able to, to do and sponsor those women in the field. Um, after that event, we, um, we did some bow fishing. We took a group of women out bow fishing in Wisconsin. Um, We've done several sturgeon events, several walleye events, uh, educational goose hunt. We have a, a, a duck hunt coming up in October. Uh, we have a November Nebraska hunt coming up for uh, goose and duck. We have um, sandhill cranes coming up in January. We have an awesome trapping event um, that's actually gonna be hosted by Linda White and uh, Dale Hendershot, who teaches our Michigan DNR. So these are very educated people that are, are instructing our courses. Um, we have a canning class in January that's being instructed by a food preservation specialist through MSU. Um, and we're teaming up with Muzzy Pheasant Farm for those. We have pheasant hunts coming up. Um, we actually, some of the events that we're gonna be dropping this year, uh, we have some really great things coming up. We're talking, iguanas in Florida, more bow fishing, a ton of more bow fishing in different locations. Um, so that way we can reach girls in other states. Uh, we're looking at doing small game um, intros to whitetail hunting. We're talking shed hunts, foraging classes. So there's really no end to what we're willing to do. Um, we're discussing doing some like camping, backpacking trips, women's weekends. Um, also, though, a big thing that we're trying to do is getting more kids in the outdoors. So we're going to have more events for those, but they're definitely in our educational courses, like our trapping class and our canning class. Kids are welcome to come. We just have a minimum age restriction of eight and older. And then we just require for there to be at least one female adult in attendance per child. Um, but we offer discounted rates for kids to get in the outdoors or sometimes we cover that, that child to be in the outdoors. We don't ever want to deny that. Um, we also have some really exciting news that Women of the Wild will be going to South Africa in August of 2023. Um, so in that partnership of me going to Africa, it's really opened a lot of doors that we're going to be able to provide that experience to new women too. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, and also we've even talked about doing some virtual events too. I know that there's a lot of women out there who have questions and really would like to get some of the education that these different events provide. But unfortunately, you know, maybe funding is kind of tight right now. And even though a lot of these events are at discounted prices, you know, it, it's kind of hard to get out there and and really be at some of them. So we're, we're even talking about doing some kind of a virtual event, you know, trapping, um, We've talked about doing an archery event um, that would be virtual and and things like that. So, you know, the, the opportunities I think that this organization is is moving towards is endless, you know, um, and I really I really want to emphasize reach out to to one of us or or all of us, you know, if you're listening to to something and you're like, hey, I really like this, but maybe I would need a, a virtual event to do that. You know, um, I'm sure there's a lot of places that we've really got covered and a lot of things that we're kind of missing, you know, and and love to hear from anybody out there who's listening and say, hey, I, I'd love to see this in the future. I, I even know a person who maybe can, you know, get connected with and, and network with um, that, you know, you could do this event here that would be closer to me or whatnot. Um, you know, I, I think that that's just kind of important to throw out there as well. Yeah, Linda, you really hit that one on the head. Um, another thing that we like to pride ourselves here in Women of the Wild 
is that if we aren't the person to take you out, we will help you. We are here to build a sisterhood. We are not discriminating against other female companies. Um, us as a, a women, a women's company, we want to support other women's companies and organizations. And at the end of the day, demographically, there's not one company or organization that can reach every female that wants to get out there or every youth that wants to get out there. So it's really important. And that's, that's really what embodies us as women of the wild is we love to help others connect with someone else in their area. So if we're not it, we can be that hub to help you find the right person. And we have no shame in doing that. It's not a competition. Um, Jennifer Doms actually said this to me one time and it has stuck with me since the day I met her is I'm not here to compete with you. Like this is about us being in this together. I'm in your corner. I am here for you and I'm going to root for you. And I will tell you, since I heard that, it's really made me, my staple statement is I'm not here to stifle anyone else's is flame. We're here to glow brighter together. And I really think that we truly encompass that as women of the wild is that if we're not it, we will help you find who is. I agree with you completely. And I know there's a lot of groups who try and be better than their other group when in reality, we should be more so working with one another because like you said, we're not going to be able to reach every single person. We're not going to be able to do every single event, everything that each person's going to want to do or be involved in. And it's more of a, we want to get more women involved. So we need to just find those groups that are better for where they're living at or for what events they're looking for. We're not going to be every person's picture perfect group for what their needs are. And instead, I do agree with you being able to connect them with some of our other connections so that they can get the best education that they need and get them the most involved in their area. Yeah, absolutely. Giving, giving them the opportunity, like we just, we can't be everywhere at once. We can't, um, we're definitely going to try, <laughs> but as we branch out and we get to, to more States and we start doing more events, like we're going to have opportunities all over the nation. But, but for right now, as we grow, we're still in, you know, our infancy of this. And in, I mean, in reality, we've only been running this company for just over a year, about a year, you're in three months now. So it's still really in its infancy and watching it grow and watching the two of you and how much you strive and help this, it wouldn't be what it is without the two of you. So a lot of people like for a long time associated women of the wild with just me. And I never wanted that. I wanted this to be a sisterhood. And now that it is watching it flourish and watching it grow and how much the two of you contribute into this has been really what's making this stand out because we're able to reach a bigger demographic. We're able to reach more girls, like inviting girls to our, our private page that is a women's only group where you can ask questions and not feel judged or feel like somebody's going to think you're stupid or, you know, no harassment, no drama. Like we don't tolerate any of that. And quite honestly, we have an amazing group of girls in there and we don't really have to deal with that. Um, I, these girls just have that same passion and that's, that's what we want. That's what we want to see is, is these girls just coming together and supporting one another and it not being a competition of, oh, my dear was bigger last year or whatever it may be of rooting everyone on and not ruining that experience for someone else. And just the, the positivity in these women is, it's just superb. Like seeing these women absolutely ecstatic. Like you take them on a hunt and it doesn't even matter if they killed something that day. They just had so much fun. They can't wait to go back. That to me is the importance is, is building that sisterhood, that camaraderie that we build within what we're doing is awesome. But if we can push someone to another group, like if you have somebody, you know, our main hub here is kind of in Michigan. I know Linda, you're, you're in New York. Um, but if somebody from, we'll say Kansas reach out, reaches out and they're like, Hey, I want to do this event, but I saw it's in Michigan. We might be able to say, 
you know, our goal is to be able to say, oh, well, you know, we don't have one in your area yet, but this group does and give them that contact because that's what it's really about is if somebody wants to do something that you, you do your best part to feed their passion and get them where they want to go with a safe, reliable company organization within themselves. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, showing that, that sisterhood, that dynamic that we have. And, and I wanted to point out, so right now, um, and I'm not sure who all would be listening if it's just women, men too, but right now women are the biggest growing demographic in the outdoor community. And, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that the family dynamic, um, is not the same whenever I grew up, you know, the majority of households right now are, are divorced parents remarried or, or whatnot. And, you know, you had brought up before about how important it is not only to get these women involved, but, you know, we invite kids along as well. And, you know, I think that that's really important. You know, dad may be already out there hunting, fishing or whatnot, but getting mom involved, getting her the the correct knowledge, the correct skills so that that way, you know, if, if Johnny wants to go hunting with dad, but it's mom's weekend, you know, as a family dynamic, mom can say, oh, that's not something you need to miss out on. You know, I can take you to do that. And, and I think that this organization that we're part of here really kind of helps build on that, you know, and, and like you had said about with, with bringing kids to some of these events, you know, getting that education, it doesn't matter what level you're at, you know, getting those women involved, letting you all realize that it doesn't matter your skill level. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you're living. You know, we're here to help. And just like you said, even if it's something that we don't offer, you know, between the three of us, we have enough networking that we will find you someone to connect with. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did want to touch on is, you know, um, finances. So something had been brought up on, you know, we have a calendar that's coming up. We have a cookbook that's coming up and where are all those finances going? Whenever you purchase something that comes from us, our t-shirt drives, our sweatshirt drives, all of that, where do those go? Where do those funds go to? And, and Felicia, I don't know if you maybe want to explain exactly how does our funding work? Where, where, what are we doing with that funding to help provide, you know, maybe lower costs of things or different, um, you know, different events moving forward? How, how does that all work? You know, just let people really know what the back end of that organization is all about. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, with our events, we try our best to get a discounted rate. It doesn't always happen. Um, but essentially, we don't make money off of any events that we schedule. Our events are at like bottom cost of what we have to make, uh, what we have to charge to be able to pay the guides. We typically add the gratuity in most of our hunts, which that just depends on the guide um, and their preference. But we add in, you know, T-shirts and stickers. And then we do have, you know, the fees for the websites or, or payment. Um, so when you're paying for to come out on an event, you are getting it at absolute cost of what that is. Uh, but when you purchase and you're purchasing, whether it be stickers on the website or T-shirts, hoodies, hats, when you're making those types of purchases, 100% of the profit from those is going back into our women, going back into our youth and going back into our events, going to things like like we had said about the female veteran, paying for tags for those people um, to be able to show our appreciation back to our veterans, to be able to pay for, um, we're, we're talking about doing a um, hunter safety education for some kiddos to be able to fund that. So with our cookbook, with our calendar, with our podcast, we have sponsorships. All of that money goes back into these women. So the women, whether you're in our private group or, or you just, you don't choose to join the group, but you go on an event with us, all of that funding is put into those women. Um, so the women that are participating in going on these events, 
know that you're getting this at either a discounted rate or at cost. It's not, we don't upcharge for events. Um, we, all of our t-shirt sales, our merchandise, all of that funding, 100% of those proceeds goes back into what we're doing here and providing those experiences, providing that education, keeping everything low cost. Um, you know, we have so much that we put into this. And I think it's important for people to know that we are all volunteers. Yes, we're a company, but, but Linda, Cass, and myself, we do all of this because it's what we love to do. None of us get paid. So we don't have any overhead with things like that. Um, that every, every cent that comes in goes back right into this, this company and growing it into getting more women out there and providing the lowest cost possible. Yeah, I was, um, I was just about to bring that up too, Felicia, was that we don't get paid to do any of this. We have a payroll. We don't, we don't have any of that. Every amount, every dollar that anyone spends, whether it's for our donation drives, like the call drive that we had, or for buying some of our shirts or merchandise or anything like that, it all helps us get the different tools that we need for setting up those classes, like the canning class we have coming up, or our um, trying to get those hunts cheaper for the girls. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, that we're completely all the money that we get, anything that people buy from us or anything is just going back into the company to um, help make these things more affordable for those girls when they're just trying out things for a first time. Right. Yeah. Actually that that's the canning class is a perfect example. Um, so we have to, you know, pay for the facility um, to feed everybody, but then we're also paying for all of the everything that the girls are going to need. So the cans, the lids, all that kind of stuff. Like we will provide all of that due to this funding. Um, the, the trapping class to be able to provide things to, for that, the traps and everything, like there is a cost to it. So it does help with that. And it's not, I mean, sometimes it, it's, it's purchasing things um, to help us get more women in the outdoors, but it is all for these events. It is only used for these events and for our women and, you know, there's times where we can reuse it. So that works out great. That's what we try to do is, is be as efficient as possible in, in what we're doing. Or, you know, the fly fishing trip, Cass, you were with us on that, where we did a, a group of women who have never fly fished before. We just weren't at that level yet to provide the funding to provide all the women fly rods. But we'd like to get there. And for, for that specific experience. Um, you know, we just let the girls know to buy a lower end one and find out if it's even a passion that you have. So sometimes like there's a little bit extra that these girls might have to do if they want to try something, but we would like to get to the point where we could provide that. So if a girl doesn't have something, um, we can provide it to them in the field and it can truly be something for them to come experience and find out if they even like it or not. A lot of these women didn't even know they wanted to try something till we post a flyer about it. And then they're like, man, that sounds really cool. I want to do that. So it's no different than like a guide service. So I'll use the example of bow fishing. When you, when you go out with a guide and they're providing all the fishing poles or all the bow fishing bows, there's a cost to that. So our funding essentially just is raising funds for us to keep doing events like this. And the more that we start raising towards this, the more we're going to be able to do and provide back to these women and to be able to get these to the point where, I mean, our, our hunts and our fishing trips will never be at no cost. We, we can't do that. Um, and in reality, like you're still getting an experience out of it. So there's going to be a charge, but it's whatever we have to pay that that guide and that gratuity to that guide. It's not like we are, are lining our pockets with this. It's, it's truly just, we have that passion that we want to share it with someone else. And that's why we have the funding that we have and the merchandise we have is so we can keep providing experiences and education to these, these women and children. Yeah. And I wanted to bring up, um, we had both mentioned about the cookbook and the, the calendar and everything, but I wanted to bring this up. So um, we are, Right now, 
and and when this airs will probably have closed out but right now we are voting on women who have submitted pictures in for a calendar that um, our plan is to have out in end of October, beginning of November for, for sales. We have a cookbook right now that we are still accepting um, recipes, submissions um, in, and that we plan on having that out um, again for the, for the, um, I guess, November, December sales, you know, as well. And, and those would be on our website. You know, if you have any questions or anything about where to find them, you can always get a hold of us. But the plan is, is to have that out November, December, correct? Yes. In time for Christmas, the magical C word, right? I don't know how magical it is. I'm oh, not ready for that yet. <laughs> no, people dread it, but but in all reality, to be able to have, we have to have the calendars out in time for the new year. So we would like to have those out at least in, in like early November. Um, and ideally the cookbook will be released again around that same time and time for Christmas. Um, and the great thing about that is it's showcasing women. So our calendar is showcasing, it'll be showcasing 12 women of any age group of doing any activity in the outdoors. Um, not a discrimination against an age or a size or anything like that. Like it's just these incredible women out doing what they love and showcasing that with a short bio about them in the calendar, um, the cookbook, that's something that you're going to be able to keep for years to come and try different women's recipes. So these are recipes that our group members are submitting wild game, um, that it's, it's going to be able to build something and, and kind of something fun you can do with your family at home is try one of these new recipes that maybe you'd never thought of, or even maybe try harvesting something just so you can try one of these recipes. Um, so that to me is really neat to be able to have that for our women and showcase them and their recipes as well. I'm honestly really excited about the cookbook. Um, there's a lot of different animals that I would love to hunt, but I feel like you shouldn't really hunt something if you aren't going to eat it, at least try it. And, um, I think with having these different recipes and seeing how other people are eating them and what kind of meals they're doing, like, um, the other day at our fly fishing trip, we had some different recipes for animals that I would have never even thought of and doing those recipes, like learning how you can prepare different meals with these different kinds of meats is definitely something beneficial because then you're not always eating the same old same old and you're getting into all these different types of um, meals that I definitely would have never come up with mm -hmm. yeah at that I mean at that fly fishing event is a perfect example the girls had never had goose, so I made a goose stew for them. And most of them couldn't tell the difference between goose and a pot roast. Um, so when, when people have that thought in their head that, oh, it's just a goose, it's going to be gamey, like having someone, like for me personally, I don't buy meat at the grocery store, so I only cook wild game. So making, you know, venison enchiladas, we made goose stew. I did stuffed peppers with venison backstraps and duck um, because these girls hadn't tried it before. But to be able to provide them a tasty meal that they're when they're out hunting something, they do have that mindset is I don't really want to harvest something that I'm not going to eat, but I don't know how to prepare it. This is that perfect example of what we can do to provide that back to these girls is, well, now you, you can prepare it on your own. This is something you can do and you taste amazing. And it's, it's not gamey. Like there's, there's little cues and tips in there that that we can talk about, but, you know, keeping an, an animal from being gamey, that's always my, the number one thing that I hear from people is, you know, oh, it's too gamey. And I always encourage people like, just because you've tried it once doesn't mean that it was prepared properly, or maybe it wasn't stored properly, or maybe, you know, if, if an animal is stressed when, when it it's harvested before it expires, that, that contributes to the gaminess of an animal meat. So I, I always encourage people, like, if you've tried something, try it from someone where you know that meat was harvested and that knows how to cook it. Because 
having these recipes of people that know how to cook something is going to change how something tastes or, or how somebody prepares something different than someone else. I have that rule that I always have to try something twice because what if I didn't like the first way it was prepared, but I liked it the second time. So I think it's really neat that these women are experiencing, you know, they went on our goose hunt and then I was able to provide them geese to eat and they loved it. Um, some of them are going on our duck hunt and they ate the duck and turns out to be one of their favorite meats. And they would have never known that had they not tried it and had that experience. So I think that's a really cool thing that, that this cookbook is going to be providing. And the fact that we're showcasing women and their recipes of wild game, to me, it's, that's really neat too, that for years to come, we're going to be able to look back at this cookbook and you're going to have, you know, Sally submitted this recipe and there's going to be a little story about her and her harvest. And it's just going to kind of be this really cool, I hate to keep saying the word, but it's a really cool dynamic to showcase. Yeah, I agree. And I like the fact that it seems like from some of the submissions that we have, you know, it's not just venison. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's always my go-to. Like I think of, you know, every, every, whenever you hear wild game, it's always venison, you know, like I do. I cook a lot of turtle. Um, we've got the geese, we've got the duck, we have everything. So this cookbook really, in my opinion, you know, covers everything that you could possibly want. And I, um, I'd love for people to, to reach out to us. If you hear this, you know, and, and maybe we've kind of cut off the submissions, you know, and you're hearing this and you say, Oh, Hey, I have a really great recipe for alligator or, zebra or whatever, you know, um, please reach out to us. Maybe we haven't, maybe we haven't, um, got through the whole process yet. You know, um, class has been working really hard on this, but maybe she hasn't got through the whole process yet. You know, we could still add some of those submissions in. Um, so, so please, you know, if you're hearing this and you've got a great recipe and you haven't submitted it yet, let us know. We'd love to hear from you as well. Um, but ladies work, we're, we're kind of around our hour. I'd like to kind of keep these to an hour. Do any of you have anything else that you would like to add before we kind of sign off? Um, well, first of all, what you just said, if, even if this podcast is aired after we've closed that submission, submit them anyways, because we can save them for next year's cookbook. Um, or just share them with the girls on our page, like give them the opportunity to try something new. But at the end of the day, my final words to this is I'm just absolutely grateful and blessed to have both of you and all of these women that are going on these events with us that are supporting us men too. There's, there's men out there who are really, really supporting us. And we have some incredible sponsors this year. And I'm just looking forward very much to see where this goes and grows and how many more women we can help. Yeah. For what Felicia said is even if uh, we do have that cookbook closed, doesn't mean you still can't share it with our page. And um, I'm just excited to keep seeing where we go and continue moving forward with this. Yeah. Well, I appreciate um, the both of you being on. I know sometimes we've got such busy schedules. So it's wonderful to have the three of us all in one place. I know sometimes that can be hard. I'd like to thank everybody who's listening, um, supporting us. I This is our first podcast out, but it's definitely not going to be our last. They will be aired every other week. Um, this one here is October 7th that it is aired. And and then after that, it'll be the, the following every other week. You can find us on any... Um, real podcast platforms along with this will also be posted to our YouTube page as well. Um, we will also have in the links where you can find our website. It is womenofthewild.net. And um, please reach out if you have any questions, any kind of thoughts, anything that you'd like to maybe hear in the future, maybe guests that you would like to have have us have on all of those things would be definitely welcome and i appreciate all your support and hopefully you'll tune in next time thanks ladies
Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.